Hey, welcome everybody. If you can hear and see me, just put a chat in the um, box. We'll get started in one minute. Johnny says hello. Steph says hi. How's everyone feeling? Wow. Getting ready for this one and it is recording as well. Awesome. 12 o'clock on the dot and we're going to get rolling. I hope everyone is keeping as well as what they can be. So if you, Talitha, no, we can't hear or see you. And Steph has asked how I am. I'm going okay. Um, it's just the, a full on time um, for some of my clients. And obviously I, I help and I care. So trying to help navigate them um, through everything. Okay, hoping that everybody can see my screen now. If you don't, you can text me and let me know. When I go into the full presentation mode, I can't actually um, see the chats, but I will pop in and look at the chats that people and questions that people are asking me um, because I find it's really, yeah, it can be really handy for people. What I also will do is um, I usually do answer questions at the end because then it might come up through the time period. So um, been a full-on couple of weeks for everybody and, um, yeah, just a lot going on and one of the areas that has been going through sort of my head and trying to process everything is that just trying to get an understanding of when everything is going to be due, how you register and um, so I thought Tom Cruise would be the perfect sort of face for what is going on now and everyone can probably feel when they're um, on their phone and they get in a bit angst and they're like, just show me the money. So I'm going to go through what's happening, the current state of play. So... Um, a little bit about myself first. Um, I started FabTax Accountants um, nine years ago, uh, just helping out my family and friends and have grown up organically to thousands of uh, people across Australia and also some overseas. I was recognised last year as 40 under 40 South Australian entrepreneur and also um, throughout this time period um, have invested in other companies and or run businesses with my sisters so we have felt the full pain of what has happened so I can definitely speak from experience in that we've had two businesses shut down I've had to um, hold off on a few other ventures just of what's going on um, so definitely we are living and breathing exactly what some of our clients are going through as well I also have a small property portfolio and um, yeah have got the whole issues around landlords and tenants and um, you know what happens if they lose their jobs and how and yeah I've got mortgages on mine so um, understand those issues um, I have a podcast called Sisters That Slay with my beautiful sisters where we've also been tackling some of the um, COVID-19 issues and how we're responding um, and also just I have a single mom to three beautiful children so I really I guess the 
thing for me has been, um, you know, there's nobody else really that's going to help me out. I've got to sort of kind of work out um, how to get through these things myself. And um, being in business, there's, yeah, there's no sort of guarantee of any stable income for myself. So I understand completely what everybody linking up um, is potentially going through. And for myself personally, that's why I wanted to try and find out, okay, where is and what is available for everybody. This is when I started to realise uh, something's going to be a bit wrong here with the way that the stimulus is being rolled out and I, uh, someone challenged me and said, has this been verified? Um, it came from another source, but it just really shows you the difference in what's happening here in Australia as to potentially another country. I don't want to get into politics or anything like that. Um, I, I don't personally comment too much about politics because it's something out of my control. I'm all about what is in my control. But you can see we're going to have some potential issues in getting access to this money. So um, when a New Zealand person applied for their wage subsidy, awesome. When a New Zealand person applied for their wage subsidy uh, for 21 staff, so that would be a lot of staff, a lot of tax. Um, they did it 20 minutes ago and 144000 dropped into their bank account to assist with wages over the next 12 weeks. That is not going to happen for Australian businesses and we need to know exactly when it's going to come in from a cash flow perspective and we've also got to strategise because there's been some new announcements um, which could potentially change the game for some businesses uh, but it's not always as good as what it seems. So I did a, I ran another um, webinar a few weeks ago when this all started to happen and I just brought up the notion of a war chest and getting as much money as possible together because no one knows how long it is going to last. So the reality is a lot of the money for businesses isn't going to be coming for another four weeks. So everyone is completely sort of stressed. No one knows what's going on. No one knows how long this is going to be going on for. So myself personally, one of the things that I've had to do is just get rid of my ego. Um, and I've just seen a lot of business owners potentially, you know, they're going really well, have really good businesses. And all of a sudden the government's forced them to shut down or all of a sudden nobody knows what's going on. So I know for just a process with me and myself, it's just been a matter of getting rid of the ego, being transparent and communicating with my staff, communicating with um, clients, communicating with key stakeholders just about where everything is. I think just another personal comment, um, just my own observation, observation is it's going to unravel people that have been living beyond their means. So the people that have always been pretending to be richer than what they are with always getting the latest cars on finance, maxing out their loans, going on all these holidays with credit cards. Like if money dries up, this is going to um, un unravel some of those people that potentially weren't living uh, within their means. A horrible situation for everybody, but I think it's been potentially a bit of a um, wake-up call about how good we did have it, um, how everyone really had secured jobs. Um, and, yeah, it's just been a massive wake-up call, I think, for some people. And, yeah, just a bit of a shock. There's been a whole lot of shock in dealing with this. So um, I don't want to cast judgment on anybody, but we do need to use this time to really review... Do, um, our spending and a lot of it's been forced. No one can travel overseas. Who cares? We don't need new clothes now. We're not going anywhere. Um, so a lot of it has been forced on us to cut spending. And we've 
uh, the other thing that I've done in my own business is just review all of my subscriptions and costs everywhere. And um, we've just gone and said COVID-19 to all of our um, suppliers and seen what some of them have come to the party, given us free subscriptions. Some of us, we've just decided we don't really need those subscriptions. And I've made a joke in there that my sister um, even got rid of her Korean drama subscription. So... Um, yeah, that was, sorry, I've just, people text me about the webinar. Um, so that was a bit of a funny one because you can get it on Netflix. So personally, I'd encourage you in your personal finances and business finances, if you want to be doing the right thing, then just be going through everything possible. This does have a negative effect on the economy. If everyone stops spending, then we're potentially not spending on businesses. So I would be mindful about trying to still support small businesses in the cutting of spending because the less that we spend at small businesses, the bigger the impact it's going to have on their business not being able to um, pay for things. So it is of a um, balancing act. Um, but my point is for all the bigger businesses or if they weren't providing value or if there's more competitive things on the market, um, it's survival right now. But there is that balance to try and support still our small businesses. So I want to take everyone back to the legal studies area and just thinking about where you can be accessing funds from. So there are local councils, there are state governments and there are federal governments and you need to be switched on with particularly the federal government I am covering um, and because that applies to all my clients. I have clients in all the different states. So we have put together a handbook which goes through the state um, government's initiatives, but there are also lots of little local councils. And I will talk about local councils first. So for some reason, I have subscribed to about six local, I've put in there five um, local council emails because um, my offices have changed places over the years. I've somehow got onto their business council emails. And I received an absolutely brilliant email out yesterday from one of the councils. I'm not even in it. And it was talking about all these different grants available. They have a grant finder application on their website for all the Australian-based grants. It was the Charles Sturt Council. I don't even know quite where that is, but I posted it. I've got a COVID-19 Facebook group and I posted it in there and I just typed in manufacturing and a whole lot of different grants came up for manufacturing. Um, so that's a little grant finder. There was another arts one, which this council had emailed me out. Um, my Marion Council emailed me out um, all of this free advice that they were giving around business mentors and um, so and I'm a part of the Monash Council and they've also been sending me out all of these things about what's happening in Victoria. So I would definitely encourage you to call up your local councils where the business or you live and find out what they're doing and also see if you can register for their um, business councils. Some of the councils are doing a much better job than others. And when thinking about what councils to subscribe to, maybe think about the ones which have potentially more money. Um, they might be throwing some cash out somewhere. So it's definitely one of those squeaky wheel gets the oil in that um, if you are asking, if you're contacting, even we've got a few councillors that are clients, so they might know something. I know they've been um, talking with their local MPs. So that's where we get onto state government. So research your state government stimulus. So I have um, available a 15-page summary, which includes all the federal government, all the state government, and even some of the financing um, 
the financing ones, uh, available for the financing for the banks. So definitely know what your state government is doing. A lot of it is for the bigger businesses. There's been payroll tax concessions and land tax concessions. Some are um, previous, some are going forward. And um, also ask your local MP, also share your story. So um, a few, I know when I got my, I'm also subscribed to my local MP's emails. And when they sent me an email through, they gave me all the stimulus. And then I sent them an email back. I'm actually friends with one of them. So I was like, uh, so I, you know, I shared a little bit about the areas that they weren't helping people in and what they were going to be doing about that because some of the areas that they weren't helping in were the, um, were the people that usually vote for them. And um, next minute we can see that the, the, the government is, has been changing rules. So definitely share your story with your state government um, MPs and also the overall best initiative that I've seen for any of the small businesses. So I'm talking about the low sort of small businesses, the mums and dads, not big, bigger businesses. Um, the Victorian government. So the Victorian government has a 10,000 grant available um, and I've been posting it a few times in my Facebook group for people to apply for. You've got to lodge a bass. And um, I also then was then thinking, and I don't want to get into politics about this because um, it's just an incredibly difficult time for everybody, but I was wondering, okay, so South Australian government didn't give 10,000. New South Wales government didn't give businesses 10,000 wise. Victoria giving businesses 10,000. Um, it's a Labor government, so uh, they might be just trying to splash some more cash around um, with that. So if, if you're in Victoria, definitely would advise you to keep um, watch of what is happening in the Victorian government and put more pressure on each of your governments, really, if you feel like there is an area that you've missed out on or, you know, Victorian government's given small businesses 10,000, send that to the South Australian government and see what they're doing because um, I couldn't really find anything in the South Australian government that was doing anything for small businesses. Uh, that's where I am based. But as I said, I've got, um, I've got clients in all of the different states. Federal government. So this is the big one, 320 billion packages to date. I'm not sure what that percentage is of our GDP. I did um, study economics uh, at uni. That was commerce, economics and law. And I am too scared to think about how or who is going to be paying for all of this um, stimulus. But right now it's about survival and getting through. Um, so we'll deal with those issues and potentially higher taxes later. Uh, right now we've got to try and just get through this um, chaos. So the 12th of March, 17.6 billion dollars was announced. And um, then from following that, the 22nd of March, $66.1 billion was announced. And then the 30th of March, $130 billion was announced. There's been easier access to finance with the government with $15 billion and easier access to finance for banks for $90 billion. So why did the government keep um, rolling out new stimuluses? Well, the first one, basically, it wasn't really enough. And then the second one, they then increased it. And then the third one, a whole lot of people missed out on anything to do with the other two. So they then created more initiatives. So people are putting their hands up and then the government um, seems to be responding to that. 
So I'm going to run through some of the uh, stimulus available right now and the areas that I think people can use. There are some things that are just not important and that um, might play out in six months' time. Who really cares about six months' time? Which we need to survive to get through this six months' time. So there was a $750 one-off economic support payment. That's going to 6.5 million Australians. Um, Centrelink's going to pay the $750 and you'll get the eligible payment uh, between 12th of March and 13th of April 2020. Uh, so most will get the money by the 17th, sorry, most are going to get the money by the 17th of April 2020. I don't want to comment too much on this other than you can see some people are now getting it and the news is going in hysterics about what people are spending this money on. They've obviously got to have, there's a whole lot of different eligibility for um, it and it's usually linked in with some type of Centrelink. Uh, what would have been great if more of the small businesses were actually open for these people to be able to spend this money at the small businesses. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, um, this money is supposed to be going back into the economy for people to be spending it on the small businesses. Don't know what's happening, where they're spending it, but great to everyone that got it. The next one that everyone has been asking me about is superannuation. And I've got to be really careful what about a, what, uh, what I say about this because of the whole Banking Royal Commission. Accountants on the ladder advise anybody about superannuation. And I've been getting phone calls from people, oh, my super's falling, what should I do? Um, I am not allowed to say a single thing. So what can I say? I can give you the facts of what you can, uh, what people that are eligible for can do if they want to take out their superannuation. So there's going to be 10,000 tax-free early release for your superannuation in the 2020 financial year and first quarter of 2021. Who can apply? Anyone that has lost their job. So traders with a 20% decrease in revenue and working hours decreased by 20%. So when can people apply for this? Mid to late April is when it's going to come out. You can now register your intention to release your super through MyGov. So the biggest issue that I've been seeing with business clients is they've never had a MyGov before and they're like, what am I doing? How do I get on it? It's been crashing. And um, so that's been a bit chaotic. One of the people in our Facebook group commented that they went into Centrelink on a Sunday to sort out getting their MyGov up and running. So if you are one of those people that is are wanting to um, access the superannuation because you meet the eligibility and you desperately need it, then um, that it's through MyGov and register your intention if you want to discuss whether you should or not. Contact your super fund to understand the um, issues surrounding pulling out your superannuation. Apprentices. So employers with apprentices got heaps of money. Um, well, the most money out of anybody. So the idea is they, um, the government didn't want apprentices to be the first people sacked. And um, so they're handing out money. So if you um, employ an apprentice or trainee, you'll be might be eligible for 50% subsidy of their wage from 1 January 2020 to 30th of September 2020. Can't double dip, dip this with the JobKeeper is my understanding. So small businesses employing fewer than 20 um, employees 
and it's expected to help, and it's going to be as at 1 March 2020, it's expected to help 70,000 small businesses employing around 170,000 apprentices. They're going to be um, reimbursed up to $21,000 or $7,000 per quarter. So employers can register for the subsidy from early April 2020 and they must claim by 31st of December. So we started registering every, uh, our business owners yesterday for this and they've got to apply through Australian Apprenticeship Support Network and employers will be able to access the subsidy after an eligibility assessment is undertaken. Our state government has also given um, apprentices some extra support as well so that employers for apprentices. So definitely see if your state government has done anything else. But yeah, massive win for those with apprentices um, or trainees. Most of our, the businesses that we deal with don't, but we do have quite a handful. We do have some that are and are helping them through this process. So that's great. What about all these small businesses? What do they get? So there was a temporary boosting cash flow for employers, a measure with, uh, that will provide a tax-free payment to eligible small and medium-sized enterprises with aggregated turnover less than 50 million of up to 100,000 with a minimum of 20,000. So the, originally it was only supposed to be 25,000 and then they bumped it up to 100,000 in the second stimulus package. Now I'm going to go off my screen because this is the easiest way to show how this actually works. No one is going to be getting $100,000 in their bank account straight away like that New Zealand example. It is going to be spaced out over several, over a period of time. So I'm going to go out here. So one of my friends prepared this. I shared it in our COVID-19 group. Here's a bit of an accounting geek. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but this is how, this is, I've shared it in my COVID-19 group to work out and it shows you how this will actually work. So I'm going to work on, so you might have, and it's already got an example in there. So you put in how much your pay as you go withheld is going to be. So you might have an employee and you're only paying and they were on the books before all this stimulus was announced because they don't want anyone scamming the system. So if you had an employee on the books and they were on um, a minimum salary, a hundred bucks a week, and you didn't withhold any amount for their tax withheld, this is how much you will be eligible for. So on the 28th of April, you'll get a payment of $10,000. On the 28th of July, you'll get a payment of $5,000. And on the 28th of October, you may get a payment of another $5,000. So that is on a quarterly pay-as-you-go with help. So you can plug in your figures for that or we can help you do that to work out um, how much you will get. So let's put in um, let's put in a monthly amount here and we'll do a monthly one. So monthly it's going to be 20,000 tax withheld. You'd be employing a significant amount of people. So in your first one on the 21st of April, you're going to get 50,000. When do I say first one? So you've still got to be lodging all your buses and your activity statements to get this money. So the first one you're going to get 20, uh, 50,000 on the 21st of April and then you can see there, I think that's 12,500 uh, 12, rolled out over that, those time periods there.
awesome little tool to use. But this has a whole lot of flaws in this whole design of this system. And I've put here, nothing is always good, as good as it seems. So it was like, yeah, the government's spending billions of dollars. We're going to help out employers. All the employees are thinking, okay, this uh, jobs are safe. But this um, stimulus had some massive issues. One of the first things is you've, whenever with the ATO, whenever you're trying to, because the ATO is administering all this, if you're trying to ever get money out of the ATO, you always have to have all your tax and VAS obligations up to date. So if you're a, uh, if you're a behind a few years, a few quarters on your basses, and um, want to claim for this, you've got to lodge all your basses. So by the time you've lodged all your basses, you're probably going to have a tax debt, and this stimulus is just going to go off of your tax debt. Um, so reality is, not too many people are going to be receiving too much money back in their um, business account to actually help pay for anything. It's just going to really reduce a lot of the tax. Some businesses might get something back. So in that first example where I said that you um, had an employee legitimately on your books and they weren't having any withheld back, you might get some money back. Um, and But there are a few other issues with this whole one. So it's kind of a We'll lodge your basses and then we'll wait and see whether you get it because there are a few eligibility which might mean that you might have to go to commissioner's discretion. So one of those issues is when they announced this, they said you have had to have had your 2019 tax return lodged or your BAS from July 18 onwards lodged. So they want to see that um, you, have, uh, you have sales um, and accessible income from an ABN through either of those. A lot of people that go through an accountant don't need to lodge their uh, tax returns till May of this year. So they might not have lodged their 2019 tax return. So they're going to have to potentially appeal for ATO commissioners, commissioner's discretion, which means who knows how long the ATO is going to take to process that. Because you can imagine there's going to be potentially a whole lot of people that might not have fit within those two definitions. And um, there's going to be a whole lot of people potentially appealing a whole lot of different areas. So I'm very worried about people that are relying on this um, when I don't know how effectively the ATO is going to be able to administer all this. They are not prepared for this level of administration. Um, usually, and you can see what happened with Centrelink when Centrelink's um, or everything's been crashing. The other issue is that they need to be registered, uh, the business needs to be registered for pay-as-you-go withholding and the employee must have been on the books as at 12th of March. Um, so there's, there's been a whole, <laughs> one of my clients legitimately um, employed, put on a few employees like a few days before the 12th of March. Um, so I potentially think that she might be getting questioned at some point from the ATO. So we're going to have to potentially have to show employment contracts, show that the wages has been going out of the bank accounts as well. Um, so yeah, you need to be um, make sure you've ticked all the boxes to show that these are genuine wages because there's going to be massive consequences for people that um, don't follow um, the spirit of the law. So what happened then? So the government announced this. They sh then they shut down all the businesses and um, 
because the businesses realized there was nothing to actually help pay their employees. So they had no choice. Their business has been shut down, zero revenue. All they were getting was potentially a little bit of money down the track in April, but that was going to be going off tax debts. So everyone's been um, shut down and everybody got stood down. So businesses and also businesses with no employees missed out completely. So the sole traders, the trusts and the partnerships, if they didn't have an employee, they got no Centrelink. Uh, they got no, sorry, none of the stimulus. The Centrelink sites all crashed with everyone trying to get onto JobSinker and there were Centrelink lines going through um, the streets with all the unemployed people trying to now get onto Centrelink. So in came a few days ago, JobKeeper, and I got my Superman there because JobKeeper is here to save everyone, apparently. Okay, so the job, it's not going to save everyone, guys. I'm just um, causing, just, you know, trying to make light of a very difficult situation. So the JobKeeper payment is intended to provide wage subsidies of $1,500 per fortnight to businesses that are significantly affected by COVID-19. The government has announced its intention to pass additional legislation to introduce this new measure. If legislation is enacted, support will be directed to employers to pass on to employees. I do not, uh, as of this date of this presentation, we are still waiting on the legislation to work out the finer details. At the moment, we have a four-page fact sheet to try to understand everything to do with this JobKeeper one. I'm a part of Accountants Facebook group and I've had to ban people asking questions about this. Usually we'll ask a question about a scenario and they're like, we can't answer or stipulate or use our magic crystal ball to work out how this will roll out. So, the government expect around 6 million workers to receive this. It will be, it's before tax, so it's going to have to be rolled into our, uh, if businesses decide to take it up, it's going to have to be rolled into the accounting software and it will be taxed as it will be, it's not a tax-free amount. So that payment ensures eligible employers remain connected to their workforce and will help businesses restart quickly when the crisis is over. So this is for businesses that want to try and retain their employees. What I think it's going to do, um, we'll, we'll talk about the next one, employers will be eligible for the subsidy if their business has a turnover of less than $1 billion. Great, probably everybody, if you're turning over more than $1 billion, good on you. And they, But this is a key area. Their turnover has fallen by more than 30%. And this has now opened up a flood of so many variables and questions because you've basically got to predict or work out whether your business is going to fall. We don't know now what the effect is going to be. Business to business is, is sometimes in some industries doing okay. And even um, when I heard this, trying to work out in my own businesses what would qualify. The ones with, which have shut down, yeah, no brainer. Of course, they're not going to have sales. They're not, uh, so that's fine. But there are then key issues around can they even use JobKeeper if they've completely shut down. So this is going to really help the businesses that are trading still um, and were thinking about potentially do I have to cut more employees off? This will help to potentially keep those people in jobs It could have, and it could help a few other people. So this is trying to keep people basically away from Centrelink and businesses are now having to administer the Centrelink.
So the key employee eligibility, each eligible employee that was on their books on 1 March 2020 and continues to be engaged by that employer, including full-time, part-time, long-term casuals and stood-down employees. Casual employees eligible for the JobKeeper payment are those employees who have been employed for more than 12 months. It's also caused issues around who is eligible with certain visas. So an employee must be an Australian citizen, the holder of a permanent visa or a special category visa holder. So I've been listening to some businesses where they're like, um, they've, they've been stuck in um, visas with certain employees and they're not going to be eligible for this. And it is causing a few issues. If you're in this situation, let me know. But I, um, it's just been what I'm hearing from other people. Some, most of my clients seem to be okay in that area. Okay. This is the big worded one. I'm sorry, my sister hates death by PowerPoint slides. Um, but this is all we have to go on right now about the 30% fall in um, turnover. So to establish that a business has faced a 30% fall in their turnover, most businesses would be expected to establish that their turnover has fallen in the relevant month or three months, depending on the natural activity statement reporting period of that business relative to their turnover a year earlier. Where a business was not in operation a year earlier or where their turnover a year earlier was not representative of their usual or average turnover because there was a large interim acquisition, they were newly established or the turnover is typically highly variable, the tax commissioner will have discretion to consider additional information that the business can provide to establish that they have been adversely affected by the impacts of coronavirus. I think everyone has mentally been adversely affected by the impacts of coronavirus. The Tax Commissioner will also have discretion to set out alternative tests that would establish eligibility in specific circumstances. Eligibility may be established as soon as a business ceases or significantly curtails its operations. There will be some tolerance where employers in good faith estimate a greater than 30% fall in turnover, but actually experience a slightly smaller fall. So this is what we have to go off, guys. Everyone's been asking me questions. Those that might have been in a high growth stage, so in comparison to what they did at the same time last year, it's going to be more, but in comparison to the last quarter, it's significantly less. We now have got the issue where, as business owners, we wanted to be trying to make money, and now we've kind of got this incentive to not make money because they might bail out all of our employees, and or we've got to try and guess whether to keep employing people um, because we might get JobKeeper, um, but we don't know if our revenue is going to decrease or when it will decrease. Some businesses are talking about, yeah, they're going to see a decrease, but it's going to be six months from now. So it's got to be in, that, um, in those periods, the month or the quarter, that decrease to be um, eligible for JobKeeper. So a complete minefield now for businesses, and I'll run through some of the scenarios that they have given us. So let's look at... One of the great areas, actually, I, my, there's a slide in there that's better and that summarises this. I'll go to the other slide. Where is it here? Okay. So I'm going to talk about this slide first because what happened to trusts and partnerships um, and sole traders with no employees? So they oh, – actually, no, I'll go back to here. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. So what the key area that they did include in JobKeeper was – sole traders. So sole traders were missed out previously and they, um, because a lot of them don't have employees. 
So what now, this is how it works for a sole trader, and then I'll give you more examples. These are straight from the government. So Melissa is a sole trader running a florist. She does not have employees. Melissa's business has been in operation for several years. Tick. First issue for some people. The economic downturn due to the coronavirus has adversely affected Melissa's business, and she expects that her business turnover will fall by more than 30% compared to a typical month in 2019. A typical month in 2019 is what they have put in their scenario. Melissa will be able to apply for the JobKeeper payment and would receive $1,500 per fortnight before tax paid on a monthly basis. Simple. Sole trader example with employees. Heidi is a sole trader and has one permanent part-time employee, Megan, who earns $1,000 a fortnight before tax. Heidi has a beekeeping business selling honey products at markets and running beekeeping courses. Heidi's business has been adversely affected by the coronavirus and her turnover has dropped by more than 30%. Tick. Megan is still working at Heidi's business, including taking care of the bees. Under the JobKeeper payment, Heidi is eligible to make a claim for the JobKeeper payment for Megan for a maximum of six months. Heidi can also claim for herself. This will support Heidi to continue her business operations. So what does that mean? Megan's getting paid $1,000 a fortnight, but um, Heidi's going to get $1,500 a fortnight from the government. So Heidi is required to advise Megan that she has been nominated to the ATO as an eligible employee to receive the payment. Heidi receives $1,500 per fortnight before tax from the JobKeeper payment, which will subsidise the cost of Megan's salary. Megan will continue to receive her $1,000 per fortnight before tax salary and an additional $500 per fortnight before tax, totaling $1,500 per fortnight before tax. Heidi must continue to pay superannuation guarantee on the $1,000 per fortnight of wages that Megan is earning. So she doesn't have to pay the super 9, 9, I think 9, whatever, 9.5% on the um, full $1,500. She still has to pay the super on the $1,000. Heidi has the option of choosing to pay superannuation guarantee on the additional $500 paid to Megan under the JobKeeper payment. And the last one there, Heidi, it doesn't really matter. We've already established that. So you can see there, there's another, a few other scenarios that I want to go through because this is going to, um, yeah, business owners need to understand if they want to be um, relying on this. Uh, for their employees. So stood down employees. If an employee has been stood down, their employer must pay their employee at a minimum $1,500 per fortnight before tax. So um, we had to make this decision in one of um, businesses close to me. It completely shut down and there was no option for any revenue. This stimulus only starts getting paid in May. To, for um, the business to qualify for this, they had to have kept paying their employees um, the $1,500 and then they would be getting reimbursed in May for it. The business has no money to be able to pay the employees. Um, so it's kind of going to be 
a hard one for businesses completely shut down to implement because they're supposed to they're supposed to pay their employees the fifteen hundred dollars um, now. So this is going to be the uh, one where you've got to really look at um, for what reason you're going to be um, bringing them back on. And one of the reasons that you might help out an employee and bring them back on is if they can't qualify for job seeker. So I'll do a scenario of job seeker down down the end. So a job seeker one, some people can't qualify for that because of their spouse's income. If you have really good employees, you might still want to look at doing something like this. So, but key issues with this, employer doesn't have to pay their super if they stand them down, but still administer the $1,500. Um, but I've had a few other accountants confirm with me the employer employee will still accrue leave entitlements even though they've been stood down. So in this scenario, um, the employer is becoming Centrelink, but the employer is also still uh, the employee is accruing leave, which the employer is responsible. Employer has to pay them even though they don't get the back payment from the government until May. And so red flag there, where do this magical money come from to be able to keep paying these employees? So I think this scenario works if the employee cannot get job seeker and they're an important part of your potential team and you want to bring them back on. Um, so they give an example of this one here. I don't know if we want to, um, if I want to read it out, but it's about a gym. It's on the job keeper. So it's super confusing. We have job seeker and job keeper. Job seeker is through Centrelink and job keeper is um, the one administered by employers. So this gym decided to continue um, to take back um one of their employees that they'd stood down. So Miles is single with no children and in total he would have been eligible to receive $1,124.50 before tax per fortnight. If Miles chooses to be rehired by the gym under the JobKeeper payment, he will receive $1,500 a fortnight before tax while he is stood down. Miles will need to advise Services Australia of his income and you can't double dip, so you can't get both. So there is a scenario, if they're stood down, they don't actually have to work for you. So we might, um, or if you keep employing them, they might not actually have work. So there's been scenarios where people are like, well, what do we get? We might have staff um, with nothing for them to do. And so someone was like, can we get them to like paint the office or to do other things? Um, and they were asking HR people. So this might be a scenario for some businesses where they might have people on JobKeeper and that they're not necessarily um, doing, oh, what can they do? Another person said, oh, why don't they volunteer the people to help out with a charity or something like that? But there's a whole lot of issues in that because we've got to make sure we're protecting our people from not getting um, COVID-19 as well. So huge ramifications. If you are in this scenario, um, you'll need to discuss it potentially with me and or also a HR lawyer. So what about employer with five employees who are getting paid more than $1,500 per month? Sarah runs a landscaping company. I love how they use females for a landscaping company and employs five full-time gardeners. Sarah is paying her employees $1,700 per fortnight before tax. She expects that her turnover will decline by more than 50% over the coming months and that she will either need to lay staff off 
or reduce their wages significantly. So she's expecting, so key thing is register for JobKeeper now. Um, I registered the other day just to see what was going on. I don't know what's going to happen with my turnover, but registered just to keep in um, the loop. So as a result of the JobKeeper payment, Sarah will be able to keep employing every gardener and only needs to pay the $200 wage cost per fortnight before tax per employee above the $1,500 um, per night before tax JobKeeper payment. So she's still got to, she's got to cover the $200. So this situation is good if Sarah knows she's going to get a 30% reduction and she wants to keep on all her stuff. But what happens if Sarah like suddenly gets a massive contract in? Well, one, she's making more money, but two, she won't then be eligible for the job keeper. So you really want to be making sure if you're keeping staff on that you also definitely need them. I've also had the scenario where someone was saying, well, I want my staff on, but I can't afford to pay them the two thousand. I can't afford their on say $3,000, um, so that should have a per FN there, um, they're on $3,000 per fortnight. Um, so in a scenario where you want your staff working, they're on $3,000 per fortnight. The discussion that somebody had with, H with a HR lawyer was, well, you could potentially agree to reduce their hours to 50%, so they're now working 50%, and you're paying them $1,500, and you're receiving $1,500. So it's going to be case-by-case -case scenario, basically, with every one of your employees, and also you've got to meet that eligibility of 30% reduction of turnover. And potentially, if you're in an iffy situation, you'll have to be waiting for commissioner's discretion. Who knows if that's going to come? So you've really still got to think, um, really strategically about the business with this area. It's not just guaranteed everyone's going to get this $1,500 per fortnight. So that, I jump back to my... So that is, this is great. We've now got sole traders. We've now got um, employers with employees. Everyone's getting looked after. and um, But not everyone was getting looked after. And this is an area where we're still waiting. But I screenshotted this last night from the business one. So a lot of my clients and a lot of people operate with a trust and or with a partnership and don't have any employees. So last night I looked at the business gov. Um, website and screenshot of this. The intent of the JobKeeper payment is to enable any eligible self-employed person get a wage subsidy regardless of what business structure they use, whether they're partners in a partnership receiving a share of profits, directors of a company only receiving dividends, and beneficiaries of a trust receive distribution. So one individual beneficiary can be nominated to receive it. Um, so great news, basically, uh, for all businesses. They should be able to get something, but they're going to have to show that 30% um, decrease in income. Some of that might be hard for some of these entities, uh, particularly if they're getting a trust distribution. So we're going to have to wait on further legislation about that. So here's a summary about JobKeeper versus JobSeeker. The eligibility, you're still employed or a sole trader or you're one of those other businesses um, and you've had that 30% deduction or a job seeker um, not employed or um, you've received a drop in your income. So the amount available, $1,500 per fortnight or job seeker up to $1,300 per fortnight. I have somehow um, been thrusted into becoming a Centrelink expert, but I've also put in there that um, under 
the job seeker under Centrelink, you might be able to get rental assistance. I'm always of the opinion of just trying um, and seeing, making sure you're honest with it. But some people right now have had to hedge their bets and apply for both job seeker and job keeper. And when it comes, when everything gets processed, then they can work out which one they will um, be able to get eligible for. So the JobKeeper is being administered by employers and their accountants, yay, and um, JobSeeker is getting administered by Centrelink. Income test, no, an asset test for JobKeeper. JobSeeker has an income test, so what does that mean? If their spouse is earning more than 79000 they will not, and they've lost their job or their sole trader income's gone down, they, um, the person will not be able to get job seeker. So that's where if you have an employee in that situation and you want to do the right thing by them, maybe then look at putting them on to JobKeeper um, and or, uh, yes, a lot of sole traders missed out on anything because their partners had um, income more than 79000 So I think this is going to potentially be a um, more fairer result for everybody, but it's just a matter of how it gets rolled out, the time process with it, and um, because I imagine the systems are going to get very overloaded. But first thing to do right now, if you have an ABN and you think you're in a situation where you might be affected, register that ABN for the JobKeeper payment. Another key one to look at doing is ATO deferral strategies. So, so for those that are paying tax in advance to change your March pay-as-you-go instalments to nil, get a credit for December and September and ask for payments to pause. So we've been pausing payment plans for clients um, and not sure how that's going to play out when everyone gets this money back, um, whether they'll whether you'll be able to get that money. It's kind of going to be a wait and see on that tw uh, 21st and 28th of April. Ask for interest, interest and penalties to be removed and ask for inspections to lodgement due dates. ATO has never been more flexible in its life with anything. We were having such a hard time, like a few months ago, negotiating anything. But um, so far, when we can get through to the ATO, because imagine all of ATO are now having to work from home. So it's taking a while to get through. But when we do get through to ATO, they have generally been quite understanding. Um, there's no point calling the ATO up about the JobKeeper one. They don't, like the ATO staff almost don't know yet how it's all going to work. So um, this is more so calling ATO if you've got existing issues that need to try and get sorted out. I'm only going to give a quick stimulus of the other um, some a, a quick summary of the other stimulus because um, I kind of see it as a bit of useless so they did increase the instant asset right off to 150,000 and then I put here it's a joke I should put in here that it's a joke but unless you are a hand sanitizer factory what assets do you need to be buying right oh I know it's spelled right wrong right now um, so this might help to reduce people's profit but honestly I cannot for most of my service-based clients I can't think of assets that they need maybe if you're manufacturing something and you need to go out and buy assets because you're going to be making money now then this would help those with um, being able to write off the 150,000 so anything up to 150,000 now as an asset you can write off there is still with cars a limit of 57,000 loan so the, one of the stimulus packages as well was the government is 
um, helping small business being able to access loans. I personally haven't seen much happening in this space from my clients. I got an email from my bank, new bank manager last week saying, hey, how can I help you? Um, so I'm going to be talking to him. But um, really think about what is the purpose of the loan? Like, why do you want a loan? And I'm going to address an issue on the next slide. But it's always never as good as it seems. Read the fine print about these loans. It's six months free interest, but it's been going to get capitalized. So all of these pauses on all of these mortgages, all of these pauses on all of these loans for the six months, it's going to hurt down the track. It's, it's just getting where we're deferring issues down for later. So really think about why you want need this money. And also you're going to potentially, it's still going to have to probably have good financials. Like they're not going to lend to businesses that are showing losses. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting to see more info out, but none of my clients have really wanted to go down this path of getting loans um, because, yeah, it's what is the point for um, trying to access um, money. It's not free. You're going to have to repay it. And I think it's going to be an incredibly hard time for businesses, even as we, when we go through the recovery period. So I put there a sinking ship um, just as a kind of some businesses might have to cut their losses right now. Um, I know with one of mine, I it was running at a bit of a loss. I was funding it, keeping it propped up. And then I'm like, I just have to walk away. I can't just keep trying to throw good money after bad money. And that might be the situation here for some people um, is to don't go down with the sinking ship. This event is going to expose businesses that didn't have profitable businesses or sustainable business models. Um, like retail was already extremely tough environment. I don't know whether a whole lot of these retail shops or like we were seeing a whole lot go bust before this. Now they've all had to close their shops down. Like will they reopen up? I don't know. So it has um, forced good businesses to stop and they need to be fighting and doing everything they can to stay alive and survive because they will have a good business when things go back to normal. But some businesses might just have to um, sort of cut their losses for them and recalibrate, look at other things to potentially pursue. Um, I know some of my clients are trying to find like just normal jobs while, while things are getting shut down. Um, so yeah, it's a really a looking at looking at your financials beforehand, if your financials before this weren't good, um, like it is not going to get any easier for any type of business. So use some common sense with all of this um, and try not to go down with the ship. I'm more than happy to chat to anybody that um, is, like I'm a fighter, um, but in some areas, if there were issues beforehand, um, it's kind of how do we just get out of this mess as with the least amount of impact on personal wealth as possible. So I'm now going to um, open it up. My email there is miriam at flindersaccounting.com.au. I'm also offering free 15-minute phone chats. I didn't even get a chance to put my phone number there, um, but fabtax.com.au, one three hundred five four one triple seven. I'm now going to go to the chats and see if anyone has any questions for me. So someone has asked good questions. Someone has asked, I reckon, yeah, so my sister came in the other day and was like, what's happening with all the Uber drivers? Um, like, are they busy right now? And I was like, 
um, Ferial, like, what events does anyone, can anyone go to? She's like, yeah, but what about Uber Eats? Um, and I'm like, yeah, some of them might be doing all right. I haven't heard back from anyone yet with Uber Eats if it's booming or anything like that. But a lot of Uber people, um, and we have a lot of Uber clients, they lost their jobs. So let's think about an Uber, uh, an Uber driver. They should be doing their buses. They're going to be able to probably show the 30% reduction in revenue. They'll have an ABN. They need to have lodged their bus since July 2018. So yeah, if you're an Uber driver, apply your ABN for job keeper and register it um, because on everything that I can think about with my Uber drivers, I think they will be able to show a 30% reduction in um, their revenue. Okay, so um, I've got a 21 year old son, a uni student lives home receives no government benefits and lives off um, the parents, has a regular casual job for years, but due to the virus, they've closed the store and laid him off. They said they'd re-employ him if things improve in a few months. He lives off casual wages. We don't charge him rent. And now this income has stopped. So as parents, we're now paying what he used to pay for. Does he qualify for the supplement? I don't think he'd qualify for regular payments since he lives with us and we are both working. Um, that is one that's going to be Centrelink. Um, he needs to apply for Centrelink and try to get Job Seeker. I'm not sure of the implications of working with, uh, living with your parents and how that actually works. That's going to be the only potential issue, but it's got to be a conversation with um, Centrelink about uh, getting onto Job Seeker. JobKeeper won't work. That cafe probably has no money and won't be able to keep paying wages for the, the cafe is just going to have no money right now. So job seeker is his best bet. Okay. So if company is um, self-employed, no employees would be considered sole trader scenario. So we've really got to look at um, how the director was getting remunerated and um, see, so there was an example there. If a director is getting director's fees, then that's going to be considered a wage. But if the director was getting dividends, and the ATO have said that that will now also um, qualify for JobKeeper. So if you're a company, and um, the issue is going to be around companies where they've been haven't had the funds to, and it happens a lot. You're running a company, and you um, employ, yeah, you've you've got huge amounts of expenses. And so you're taking home virtually nothing. They're gonna be the ones that might have issues. So I would say apply for job seeker and job keeper, and um, we can see what will be available, but it's gonna to have to be on your financials and on um, what director's fees. There's a whole lot of issues around that particular scenario. So at the moment, it's applying for job seeker, job keeper, and getting financials, everything up to date with that. Okay. Um, I'm a director of my company, which is set up as a trust. I have no employees. I'm not an employee and I take disbursement at the end of the year. I've had no work since middle of March, nor do I expect to find any due to the lockdown and social distancing, any businesses closing. Where do I fit in for all of this, any assistance? So this is the area where there was um, a cry out um, for because a lot of people with trust were missed. So I know this person's situation. So I know that they get a trust 
distribution. So they're a beneficiary of a trust. Usually when you have a trust, you give um, distributions to a all different family members. So husband, wife, um, and any other people, uh, kids get $416. So they, government is going to let, from what I can see, and the rules that they've recently changed, but we're waiting on legislation, the government is going to let one beneficiary claim JobKeeper. So register, and with a trust and a company, be clear about what is the entity. The entity is a trust. Register the trust for JobKeeper. Oh, someone's sneaky here with a question. This has caused a lot of controversy and I don't want to say too much. There's an article going around on ABC about a potential loophole with this superannuation. Can we deposit 10,000 annuation in super to save tax and then take out 10,000 superannuation? Is it possible? That is the question. I can refer people on to a um, article which is discussing it. And this is where we talk about the spirit of the law. So one, you have to be eligible to be able to get out your superannuation. If you've still got a job, you can't access it. If you're uh, So there's only a reduction in your hours and also the um, reduction in hours and sole trader reducing 20%. So government changed the rules a few years ago and said that you can um, contribute to super and get a tax deduction. So I am not going to comment on this webinar about anything else to do with that, but the accountants in the spirit of the law um, don't see why, if you're desperate for the money and taking out the 10,000 because you desperately need it because you can't live, but then in a few months later, you're putting it back in um, because you want to claim it as a tax deduction. I don't know what the ATO or anyone's going to say about that or if it will get audited. Some, But, yeah, that is a very big issue that is being highlighted and debated in the accountant world right now. So for such great questions, I have awesome clients that are so smart. Um, for sole traders, they keep me on my feet. For sole traders, register for JobKeeper on ATO. How do we then receive the money? Does it go straight into our account, seeing as we don't have an employer? How do we show income has dropped by 30%? Well, I'm just going to get my magical crystal ball out here. now. So what I think will happen is you will be dealing with ATO to get it um, to get the money. You'll probably have to give them your bank account. And... Um, uh, you press a button to say that your income has dropped by 30%. So our Australian tax system works on everyone being honest. And so I imagine that it's going to be us declaring that our income has reduced by 30%. I don't think the ATO is going to have a chance to check any of this, but down the track they will potentially check. But because so many people are going to be doing it, I think it's going to be just pressing a button to say maybe we have to upload something. But down the track, they'll definitely probably be checking BASs and to see if they're to verify that 30% drop. It's not going to hit until May though. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's just registering for JobKeeper. Um, is JobKeeper and JobSeeker only for Australians? Would other visas apply for super withdrawal early? Um, I'm not Australian and I own the business. What is the benefit? Could I apply? So, um, yeah, those that can't access that, they are um, 
they're in a vulnerable position, those that can't access Centrelink or anything else. I would personally, this person runs a business, so personally it would be applying for, trying to apply for JobKeeper. And then also if you want to try and get out your superannuation, I haven't seen anything about other visas not being able to access super. So register intent with MyGov to get out the 10,000 in superannuation um, is what I would be doing. Like try and apply for yeah, superannuation, MyGov, uh, register intent for that. Um, I'm not sure about the visa situation and JobKeeper um, might have issues with that one as well, but register for it for the time being because they did say there was only specific um, employees, but you, I know you guys run the business, so maybe, um, yeah, maybe there might be a way, uh, but uh, getting under the other areas, the sole trader, the trust, um, sorry, the trust one as a beneficiary. So you can see there, it's going to be waiting for legislation because there's going to be so many little areas. Okay, great, awesome. How old do you have to be eligible for JobSeeker? Services Australia says only if you're between 22 and age pension age. No options for people sub 22 for the JobSeeker payment. So that was probably what the other person um, was talking about there. Um, I, uh, to be honest, I, I have never really had to deal with Centrelink so much until now. Um, I can they be studying something um, with them? Can they be enrolling in an online course, getting some uh, um, youth allowance study, something like that? Not sure. Um, I'm being mindful. So um, in that situation, it would be trying to get that person, I know this person that's done it, so try to get this person um, registered for JobKeeper would be probably the best way to go. Um, someone's getting now confused, I think, JobKeeper and JobSeeker, so I'll read it out. As a sole trader, I don't pay myself a fixed wage, it's just when the money comes in, does that complicate proving income? Or, um, yeah, this is, yeah, it's going to sole traders. So they don't pay that it's just when the money comes in. I presume, though, if you're in an industry affected. So this whole job keeper is about protecting people when industries affected. So I would presume if you're going to be an industry affected, you'll have less money coming in. So less money going to yourself as your drawings. Um, so you would have to work out comparable months to see at the moment for the time being, register for JobKeeper and also register for the JobSeeker. So JobSeeker is, yeah, so what happened is it used to be lower. It used to be up there. Your spouse was able to only earn 50000 JobSeeker was the old new start. And then they increased it to 79000 So I don't know if it will go down. So this is a change in increasing the spouse one just recently because of COVID. So if anyone has anything privately that they would like to discuss with me, the way, so you can imagine, I have got hundreds of business clients sort of in this limbo world right now of what can they get. Um, so it's just a case by case scenario of working through it with everyone, getting everyone's ducks in a row, making sure everything is compliant, and then it's going to be a waiting game. So the reason why I have 
um, and because some of them might have to go to ATO's commissioner's discretion, which might mean even longer. Um, so the reason why I wanted to run this webinar was so that people can kind of start to realise some of the issues and get in place some of the measures because we still have got four more weeks um, before anyone's going to get anything. Um, so someone has asked, uh, the Victorian government you mentioned, where do you find out if you are eligible? So I have a Facebook group called COVID-19, um, what is it? It's COVID-19 Coronavirus Business Strategies Updates and Supports and I'm posting everything in there as I um, go, as I learn about anything, I'm posting it straight in there. So I'd encourage you to join that one and you'll see I just posted a reminder to all businesses to apply for that. Um, so even if an employee earns $200 a fortnight, will they be eligible Will they be paid the 1500 job keeper payment? So this is the thing. Employees might not know if their employers are going to be getting the reduction on if their income is going to be reducing by 30%. A lot of businesses are like stressed out, but their actual income revenue might not drop 30%. It's just a crazy world. But if the business is in a situation where it's had a drop of 30%, and they are one of the eligible employees, then yes, the business is going to be Centrelink and will pay that employer. If the business agrees to it, the business owner doesn't agree to it. Like some of them are completely so stressed out right now and so down in the dumps that they can't even like function on anything. But if the business, and I'm trying to help those ones through, but if the business owner agrees to it, then yes, they um, can... Um, they should be able to, if they meet all eligibility, then they should be able to put their employee on and um, under the $1,500 one and whether it's as a stand down or whether they get that employee working um, for them. Yeah, Dan, Dan's asked the question that I want to know too. So how will businesses that were growing revenue well prior to now be treated 30% reduction of revenue a year ago is 60% reduction to current revenue. So that's where we're going to have to wait on more discretion about whether you could look at, so April to June now gets compared to April to June last year, um, whether the ATO will let businesses look at and get commissioner's discretion about comparing to January to March because they might be able to show a 30% reduction in the January to March period in comparison to April to June period um, of the previous year. So that's an area that I'm um, monitoring because I've got a lot of clients that are in high growth businesses where they are going to be affected, they've adjusted, they've put on more employees, but in comparison to what it was a month ago, they're not actually going to see that um, revenue drop. So really good question there. Okay, I'll leave one last moment for questions. Thank you everyone for um, joining in. And if you have, anyone wants to have a chat to me, you can feel free to reach out. This is my life right now. I don't have a life besides all of this. And I just wanna help as many people get through this as possible. So um, otherwise we can take chats offline if there's anything specific um, to do with your one. I've got a more button here. Oh, people were saying thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Um, is there anything applying for a stu foreign student visa holder? I think I've covered that one. 
Thanks, Fahin. Thanks, Dee. Thanks, Estelle. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Rachel. Oh, okay, I think I've answered. Oh, wait. Um, someone's asked, I've missed a whole lot. Can you please tell us a bit more about the coronavirus supplement from Fret Services Australia? Does this get added to parenting payments? Will that happen automatically? Um, you'll have to deal with Centrelink about that one. Um, the $750 one is, I'm not sure, I'm presuming you're talking about the $550 per fortnight one. Um, with everyone always asks me sort of Centrelink questions and I'm always just like, like potentially don't wait on Centrelink, give them a call. Yeah, you're going to be in the line, uh, call line for a couple of um, hours, but um, I'm always just hesitant on waiting on Centrelink for things. Otherwise, ask in the group and somebody in the Facebook group, there's a lot of people there that are pretty skilled up about Centrelink, ask in the group there and they'll be able to um, help you. Uh, Natalie said, thanks, Miriam. Very informative and probably raises more questions and issues over time. Yeah. Um, I, the accountant, basically the, the government's kind of flicked it on to ADO and the accountants to help administer um, this. So it's going to be, I mean, yeah, we're all trying to do our best. Um, Alex says you're always the best and Austin says thanks Miriam oh my god I'm almost going to um, tear up a little bit but now nah, it's fully appreciated and here to help everybody through um, this really crazy time so thanks everyone